0: So I'm here at Etta's house. Thanks for having me, Etta. No worries. <laughs> so I just thought today we could do a little bit of just talking about who you are and what your interests are, because I think it'll be really fun to have you working on the podcast, and I'm really mm. glad that you've agreed to do it, so thank you. Me too. <laughs> it's really exciting. So what well, made you You're interested in doing this project? Well, doing this project,
1: basically because... I don't know, I remember the way you sort of, like, were talking about it. It was like, you know, would you have any, like, thoughts about this? And I was like, what? (laughs) I have so many thoughts about this. Um, And, like, yeah, so my brain, like, started firing. And then it's, it's really, like, exciting to make, yeah, to kind of make all those connections. And, um, I don't know, I... I've also like recently just started getting interested in like podcasts themselves in it as like a medium and yeah. um, I was involved in a almost recent shoot that's just glass falling over <laughs> Just we're, we're like sitting at my kitchen table where there's like just my life is spread out <laughs> across <laughs> it. Um, but um, yeah, so I was involved recently on a on a podcast um with rnz that was about like sexuality and yeah sex and sexuality which was really interesting and i was kind of talking on that from a as a disabled person and some other friends have also made a podcast just about being in your early 20s where i was kind of brought in as the like resident feminist sociologist (laughs) which like i felt deeply underqualified but um definitely not definitely qualified for that well i don't know i don't know i feel like 24 years of being disabled like qualifies you to have an opinion about what that's like like Um,
0: that's yeah that's a long time to be in the school of
1: disability yeah (laughs) yeah um I mean in terms of care I guess so it's sort of I mean it's something I've been like had ne- have, like needed my whole life, but most of it's come from come from like people that I like family, which is the district health sort of old ministry of health jargon is like that's natural support <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> it's it's something that I've had. Had to have my whole life, but then, um, kind of only it only kind of got formalized when I was 18 and I moved out of home. And it was the it was a weird, it was a weird experience because it's the first time that you like, yeah, that it's like outside of your immediate family and you have to like explain things and uh and deal with people at like 7 am in the morning who you don't know or don't necessarily like necessarily see eye to eye to eye Mm. to eye with i mean i think everyone that i worked with has always been like well intentioned and stuff but it's just like a process of like learning Mm -hmm. you know what they expect from you what you expect from them like what can what can i actually ask for and like and that it's just um to do that as like to do that as an eighteen-year-old, when most of the people, so when I first moved out of home, I was getting support through an agency, and to like learn how, learn like being supported, being cared for is also like is is kind of is hard work in itself. I think such hard work. Mm.
0: Like I think even like obviously in a day-to-day way with each carer, but even just learning the skills and the way the words you have to say to the agency. Mm. the way you have to interact with an agency and knowing the ways that people are prejudiced against you Mm. or and knowing how that affects like what they hear when you say certain things like whether they're you know it's kind of one of those things where i imagine you kind of have to test the waters of how understanding they are or how whether they actually are going to listen to you or not
1: (laughs) yeah and i just think too that when i first and i mean In that time of working with an agency I also had some really good, like some really, um, met some really interesting people because they kind of have to become part of the like background of your life I guess. And you sort of end up having, I don't know, you just sort of end up, they know things about, quite personal things about you just by virtue of your, of sort of being around in your life. But just... For me it was like move moving out of home and, and being eighteen and knowing that most of the people that they were also working with were sort of um elderly and that my life possibly just ran at a slightly different pace mm. than than most of the people that they were um or I mean that, that they had experience supporting and, and, and just mm. kinda go like having to sort of um really in terms of my like communication with the agency as well, like having to be really clear no, like just because I, you know, like, no, I have 9am lectures, I I, I actually do need to, like, have support at this time, and now I'm on individualised funding, so I get to hire my own support, and that's, like, changed the whole experience, like, hugely for me, because also I didn't want to, moving into a flat, it was like, I really need, I need people not just for myself, but for that are going to fit into the whole, like, be able to fit around, um, just, like, fit into the whole sort of culture of the place and, like, not get in the way of my flatmates and be kind of
0: yeah.
1: personable and...
0: Yeah, you don't um, want to feel like there's someone there kind of who might get offended by your stuff that you say or, like, yeah. like you feel like they're, like you have to censor what you're talking about or how mm, you're talking mm. about it. Or, like, I guess you do to maybe a small extent. Like, but... Yeah. You Yeah, I can definitely see that.
1: Well, and also just in terms of, like, not... Because when I first started using support, it felt like this person comes in in the morning and we do support for, like, a couple of hours and then my day starts after they leave. And I was just really clear moving here that I wanted it to just be, like, part of my day Mm. and that my day that I would feel comfortable that my day had sort of begun before, you know, that it just fitted around, that it was comfortable enough to, like, fit around my life rather than sort of dictating it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and then, I mean, the other part of that is, like, being queer as well and just having had some experience, well, I mean, none of them were, like, none of them were terrible experiences, but just you know like having that conversation with my first girlfriend of like oh what do we say when your support worker arrives Mm. in the morning and I said well you say like you say oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember we sort of talked like and it was funny because we hadn't at that point we hadn't she was staying over and we hadn't labelled what it was and um and (laughs) uh, she said oh what what do I say (laughs) to this person I said oh I think you just say, I said, oh, I think you just say that you're my girlfriend. And she was like, oh,
0: thank Thank you. (laughs) you. That's so cute.
1: But yeah, like,
0: it's bad enough when you're having to even talk to people at work and you're kind of like, oh, my partner, my partner. Yeah. But then to have someone coming into your house is like, you can't really just be, use the kind of like vagueness that kind of Mm. keeps people, Mm. like, keeps you safe. Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, Cause it's like oh well, here they are like <laughs> here this is
1: my life so it's just yeah yeah so I actually make that part of my like when I'm recruiting people like I actually now make it something about I do sort of say are you queer yeah friendly and I don't hire people that are not I mean I've had like really good luck mostly because pe- they've been recently there have been either people that I know or people that came on board through other people that I know, and so you kind of... I don't know, it's a hard balance between, like, not wanting your personal life mm. to, like, cross over too much, but you also just want to be assured that it's, like... I don't know, people that are, like, going to respect your boundaries and
0: yeah, not
1: say awkward things about yeah. <laughs> your life choices, your body, your... <laughs> <It's like laughs>
0: you know? such a basic... Such a basic standard, but also <laughs> when you... Yeah, like, I'm working with this woman who... She's been using... Like, having care for, like, three or four years now, I think. Mm. But she's always... But for the past, like, yeah, she's had the same person. Yeah. And that's been really, really good for her. But that person's now away on maternity leave. And she's just, like, now, like, obviously and understandably really shocked at, like, the fact that she gets a different person each day. And yeah. they're all horrible and they're all judgmental. And I wish that I were more surprised by that because... You kind of just think you just got having to get lucky with that one person who was really nice and they were reliable and they stayed on for like a longer time than most people might. Yeah.
1: Well, it just makes such a huge difference if the first person that you see in the morning is someone that you like. Like, I think the bar is actually quite low. Mm -hmm. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not. Obviously, if it's someone I really want to see, then that's lovely. But also, it's just. Just someone that you're not not going to have a horrible yeah, time yeah. with is basically, you know, someone that... And I, I mean, I have trouble... Because it's, it's your house, I do mm. have trouble going, oh, this makes my... This fact that I need this support actually makes my home a work mm. environment. And so there are just lots of lines to negotiate, really, that yeah. are not...
0: I just crack up every time we mm-hmm. get the like professional boundaries stuff yeah. at work because it was like keep your professional boundaries have them clear from the start just say I go by the code of what we you know like yeah. the whatever company you are code mm. and it's like yes sure if I with that, yeah. that simple it wouldn't be a problem it's such an individual thing mm. because you know it yeah it just depends on how you know like it's people you can't predict you can't have one solid rule yeah each person's needs are really different and the way each support worker works is really different. And you can't just say like, there's no, it's just so much more complicated than I think we acknowledge. And I also think that the training there and the discussion and the support that support workers get from our employers is really mm. inadequate. And in that there's an inadequate an amount of like discussion about boundaries and like how we work with that. And like, I mean, I guess it's not top priority. There's other basic stuff that's not done, but yeah. yeah.
1: No, but I think it is an emotional thing because, like, being reliant on someone else mm. is quite, for me anyway, quite a complica- Like, I have quite a complicated yeah. relationship to that. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um,
1: but also, especially now, sort of being an employer, then I'm, which I still can't get my head around. Um, <laughs> is really? your I'm also like responsible to them mm. and their emotional safety as well and yeah. like not wanting to yeah, yeah wanting to be real and not have to like you know if I'm not having a good day or whatever not wanting to have to sort of like fake mm. fake anything but also kind of being like okay don't yeah I mean where, I, where I've where i had where I've had personal relationships with people as well it gets kind of complicated because as the, yeah as their, if, as someone that you, that, they, that they know on a personal level then they want to be there for you but like Mm. so at the moment for me it's like um just trying to figure out what the balance is between like how much like wanting to know someone to the extent of like I feel comfortable around them but also being like it needs to be fundamentally a professional relationship
0: Mm. yeah definitely do you do you mean like their emotional safety in terms of like if you're having a bad day being like yeah. It's like saying stuff like how you're feeling sad or like upset yeah. or something, and that that's hard for people to deal. And it could be hard. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: If they like, because they're invested in. Yeah. Me as well, you know. Definitely. And yeah. so, like. um, yeah. But it's been an interesting, interesting time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think it's really. Interesting like, am sure we could talk about that for like the rest of our lives if we want to.
1: I mean we probably will just come on. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. That's like my goal in life <laughs> is just like just to spend the rest of my life like discussing this. <laughs> but um, I think go just I have a few questions written down, so yeah. I'm just like, moving on
1: yeah sorry that was like a very that wandered quite a lot it's
0: perfect no that was really really <laughs> interesting and I'm like wow what mm-hmm. a great I just feel so like mm-hmm. I'm like wow what an amazing person yeah. I was thinking if we could maybe talk about some of like your particular I guess areas of interest within disability so like mm. you're talking about like being like disabled and queer and everything yeah. that that means <laughs> disability and sexuality I know it's a big
1: yeah well I mean it's kind of what I've turned into my academic career um um, yeah quite funny because the the podcast that I was involved in with RNZ like the woman who was running that had come across me in had come across my work in salient which was a piece I'd written about refugees so it had nothing it had nothing to do with it and she was just kind of like oh yeah this person can express herself well and then and then at the beginning of this like before we started recording she was like oh is there anything that you would like particularly want to talk about and I was like well I've actually you know like I've got a whole lot of research on this topic and she was like oh I had no idea oh my gosh
0: that's so crazy that's such like such a compliment. It's like I don't know. Yeah, didn't even know that I'm actually kind of an expert. <laughs> but
1: like. Well, I think it definitely there, there was a, there's a difference between like me just being like identifying as a disabled person, and then I feel like studying it has kind of politicized that identity a bit. You know, like because you start seeing like all the places. Where it's not, present. But it was also quite like it was a good experience for me in terms of like I can actually like maybe do some you know do some work around this. (laughs) Yeah, great. You've got to make yeah I don't know you've got to make it work for you too. You know like um I have this friend who sort of keeps who says like. Oh, you know, you just—you should just become professionally disabled, which I kind of think I'm doing. <laughs> and particularly
0: salient in this particular <laughs> of, like um, podcast yeah. where you're the professional <laughs> disabled person, but yeah. <laughs> which is great. And I'm so yeah, like thrilled to have you as my professional disabled person. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I—I I, yeah. But do you think it's like? You also want to be able to just do stuff as you or, like, your other parts of your identity yeah, as well. Yeah, I
1: mean, I spent, like, a lot of being a teenager, being like, I'm not gonna, you know, this is not, this doesn't define me. And it's like, as a writer, not wanting to write about that because that's so being disabled is like simultaneously really interesting to people and like an interesting point of view to put across and it's also like the most boring <laughs> aspect of my life you know because mm. it's so it's so day to day yeah um and that's kind of how i feel about support is like um for me it's like just so fundamental and so necessary which simultaneously makes it quite boring But also quite sort of urgent In terms of Mm. like I have some kind of Insight on like you know this is Really fundamental to our lives And you're so Grateful when it goes well and so Kind of frustrated when it's not Functioning because That has such a That first interaction that I have in the morning Sort of has the power to like Shape how Mm. my My day you know how the rest of my day Kind of goes like if I've got It's kind of like a very like the side of the bed that you get up on, mm. kind of depends on the on on mm. the, on another person almost. You know, like
0: yeah. Um. I mean, I think it, it sounds like,
1: like you know,
0: it's always a kind of balance thing. Yeah. And I also think that my thoughts around. I guess I've been thinking about this because I've recently been doing this peer support and mental health. Mm, mm. People who've experienced mental distress, and it's kind of. Sort of like I hope that we can move towards somewhere where in our like communities, the stuff that you, the like crappy stuff that you have to put with, put up mm. with on a day to day basis, mm. is seen as like social capital that that's really valuable and that we need to mm. like, you know, I don't, I'm using all these.
1: Capital
0: metaphors
1: now So we need to cash in on it But I'm like what am I saying No well, I think like Yeah just that it I mean I do like to sort of joke with People about like Well you know I'm glad You know I'm glad that I am an employment opportunity Um, Because it does It kind of does make you feel Like If I'm going to need help Then it's worth it if I can you know i can sort of feel okay about that if, if if it means that someone else is gonna you know earn a wage and for me really happy about the way that um the fact that pay parities come in and i'm suddenly by able to pay people still not actually how valuable and indispensable the work is to my life but something mm. that's slightly more represents that than, like, just above minimum wage. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, and I also think that, like, what you were saying about it being a lot of work to be cared for. Yeah. And to explain to people what it's like. Like, I think that is something that we don't... I feel like we don't appreciate. Like, if I'm trained... If I do a training day with Mm -hmm. a professional... With an RN, a registered nurse. Yeah. And they train me, the registered nurse gets paid. But if there's someone who... I'm working alongside and I have to learn how to move them around in the bed or mm, something. Mm. And they are putting, literally putting their body on the line and trusting yeah. me totally with that at their own risk and explaining everything to me that they've mm. explained to hundreds of other people and all, all that kind of exhaustion and frustration that must go along with that. That person gets no compensation for the training that they're giving me that I'll then take yeah. to the next person. Yeah. And also that will allow me to move forward with my career and to be able to say, when I go for my next job, I have experience mm. doing this, this and this with these people, which is hugely, that's, you know, what's valuable in care is to know that people have experience. And it's yeah. like, yet yeah, they don't, there's no acknowledgement that like, you're also giving, like, that it's an actual, a, not a truly, like, it can be, like, not necessarily an equal relationship, but on some level, it's a reciprocal yeah. relationship. Yeah. like. You're both helping each other in different ways, and in a way that there's still a power imbalance. But
1: yeah, I mean, I think we just don't, we just don't, we society kind of very highly value has this quite narrow definition of what independence is, and they also and we also kind of place a lot of value on on independence as like as the like the ability to do things. On your own Like mm. like under your own steam for yourself And um, there's this definition In disability studies Where like independence is not really about that It's about autonomy And self mm. Like being being able to be self Determining as opposed to like Actually being able to carry out The tasks By your, you know, on your own Yeah and as much as I ha- Like I really don't, i I sort of don't Like the Tendency in life and in academia of like holding up disability as like oh this is an extreme example of like uh, of our humanity in general like mm. but but at the same time it's like <laughs> you know you're like scowling and laughing at me I'm just laughing
0: because I could just see like you know when you just get weird people who are like kind of will say awkwardly emotional things yeah. to people in chairs and stuff and you're like that is what they think they look at you and they're like such raw humanity like <laughs> and it's like what why are you so like let's think like, I am human you're I don't know yeah. it's a weird like anyway yeah I told That just rings really true for me but anyway sorry you can continue
1: <laughs> oh no it's all good but then at the same time it's like I mean like I just I read something uh, a woman who's an academic and she's blind and she was like, well, I think it's somewhere... Um, Georgina Kledge, I think her name is. And I... She said, oh, I think it's actually somewhere... It's, you know, it's somewhere in between. The, you know, it's neither... Neither is it, like... She says, says that the narratives that we have about disability are either that, you know, it's something that you, like, triumph over and that's it. Or, mm. or it's something that you just, like, find um, <laughs> interminably, interminably depressing. And it's kind of like somewhere actually in between those and I think it's just it's something that you are like encountering and having emotions and responses to like on a daily basis and that, that those move that we sort of move we're not it's not a linear thing that you just kind of are have you know need to like reconcile somehow but in terms of yeah I just feel like we place lots of Value on this like narrow um, definition of independence, and then when really everyone, everyone needs support in some way. It's just that like it's if you're a disabled person, it's very explicit because our values seem to be about like standing on your own two feet. Then being cared for and caring for people is like an undervalued mm. condi- like position to be in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I also think it's interesting how we we were kind of talking. I was kind of talking with Molly about this the other day, but yeah. um, about how like everyone receives support from other people, yeah. and privilege is people being able to take that support for granted. Yeah, and it not being like a, a husband whose wife cooks him dinner every night and he doesn't even think about it. Yeah. Either, yeah, and not being like with and then being cared for and being said like, oh, you know, there's an extra. $19.50 or whatever Tax pass money yeah, so like, yeah. Sort of the level of justification That is required Whereas there's no justification You know you don't expect To have to justify why you want To make a building with stairs mm. in it But you do have to justify why you want to have a lift in it or like. Yeah
1: Well it seems odd to me that like Adaptions that we have around disability Are always kind of Secondary when mm. Really it's actually something either like either through just like living in families or living in communities or being a human who like ages mm. you're going mm. to come into contact with it at some point. And mm. Alison Kafer, who's another she's a feminist academic who does a lot of work on disability studies, kinda said, you know, disability is a matter of time which I really kind of was interesting to me in terms of we like to sort of be sort of distant from from the idea of like disability being a reality for for ourselves it can kind of be a reality for those other people over there that we Mm. you know
0: and that yeah and i totally think that when i think about myself i'm really grateful that through just like the fact that i'm of the generation where you know like they were obviously i'm not saying that mm. the generational growth is great and not ableist or whatever yeah. but that I grew up with kids with disabilities as normal in my school yeah you know and I grew well not totally but to a certain extent yeah. and I've grown up with family members who have disabilities and we deal with that as a family and yeah. I think that that is really like helps to really break that down and mm. then, that's why it's so important that we stop isolating people with disabilities it's like a snowball to me I see it being like the more that you even if it's a small thing that you challenge ableism then it's like that whole thing of the person that you've never interacted with or isn't your friend or your family member is a lot easier to be a shit to than a person who you see in your everyday life and is normal to you that's more very like Mm. obviously you know (laughs) A bodied baby's perspective, but
1: no, but like yeah, I feel like that was the same. Like my sisters have always kind of had it in their consciousness because well, because they like grew up hmm. around me and that it just is something that they yeah that they like. I was talking to my younger cousin because I lived with them for about six months and at one stage and they were when they when they um, built their house they actually like put rails in for me and were like we always want this to be a place that you can like come and stay and stuff so that yeah that was really thoughtful and like great but also there were just still some adaptions that obviously it was built around that family you know mm. that family and so I was talking to my younger cousin and I was like oh you know thanks for like Helping me out with some stuff And she was like, I don't even, like, what, like she's kind of like, what, why, you? you know like, like, this is so normal Like, yeah. um, you know, she was sort of Because, yeah, I was eight when she was born So it's like, you know, even, even as a little kid She just, like, knew that, you know, I'm I'm the cousin that you like come you come over and you talk to you don't sort of like um expect them to like chase you or yeah yeah you know (laughs) um
0: no that's so cool and yeah just like make it just like when I think about that it makes me more hopeful that like things will get better yeah (laughs) because I'm like just that ableism isn't normal and doesn't Mm. have to be
1: yeah well it's kind of the world is sort of constructed around a particular sort of person. At a particular, also at a particular point in their lives too, you know. Like. Totally, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. It's totally like, also that's the thing with like having older people looked up in rest homes where we don't have to look at them, mm. is that you don't realise that actually everyone eventually gets health problems and have what would be considered mobility needs or whatever Yeah. in their lifetime because, you know, you get old and your bones get frailer mm. and
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. whatever. Hopefully well,
0: you
1: do anyway. I mean, it's always... It's just those kind of... Those sort of, like, life-affirming little videos that you have on Facebook, but... Um, it's, it's
0: inspirational. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, you know, the... There are, like, Scandinavian countries where they introduced sort of kindergartens into rest homes, and I do feel like loneliness is, like, quite a big deal for the older population. Like, just just because people are because people do have to make more effort i guess to come in mm. to to like to they have to make other people have to make maybe more physical effort or whatever to like stay involved in those people's lives um and those people are also not necessarily gonna be as like technologically savvy or mm. have the confidence to you know um or, like, maybe they lose the ability to drive, so then they, they can't get around themselves. And so, you, yeah. you know, it's on other people to...
0: Yeah, totally. Like, um, or it's a lot more effort to get, like, mm-hmm. somewhere if you have to take a taxi yeah than if you can drive yourself, you know. It's just, yeah. just whole thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's great. I think that's probably a good place to okay. end. But cool. thank you so much for sharing everything that's really... Like great, and I'm really looking forward to listening to this again. Oh, and right. as I edit, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the ones where I the like other episodes where I feel like I've done a lot of talking mm. and interrupting, and I'm just like so sick of hearing my voice. So oh, that's right.
1: great. But yeah, thank yeah. you so much. No
0: worries. Um, mm.
1: Stop it. I think I said something potentially awkward about.